You are listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triumph of God. So one of my grandmothers, uh, my, my dad's mother, we called her Ma. And Ma owned an ice cream parlor and a fast food restaurant. I have a lot of fond memories of all that ice cream. <laughs> but my actual relationship with Ma while she was still alive was, was complicated. Um, as you know, I grew up very uh, fundamentalist in Moss, she belonged to the same fundamentalist Baptist church. But even though she went to the same church and was part of the same culture and tradition, she lived contrary to the customs of most women that I grew up around. Ma smoked. Uh, she worked much more than she ever cleaned her house. She would sometimes spike the Christmas eggnog with booze. Uh, and she, she even visited psychics alongside her Sunday school class. Uh, she was rough around the edges, at least in, in my culture, she was rough around the edges, and that made me like super uncomfortable. Most of the other Christians I was raised around, particularly women, were inculturated to be super concerned with like looking good with their houses being spotless, like Christian mothers and grandmothers were supposed to stay home and make sure their houses were perfect and cakes were baked and all the little knickknacks on the shelves were dusted. And Ma didn't fit that model. She worked so hard in her restaurant that she'd come home exhausted, coughing up a lung from smoking so much, her hands scarred from the deep fat fryer and her, her clothes covered in oil. Her sink was always full of dishes. In fact, I would come home, when she would babysit me, I would I would wash her dishes for her, but I didn't wash her dishes out of a sense of like mercy or kindness. I washed her dishes because I felt embarrassed. I felt disgusted by the dirt around. And so I would wash her dishes and in my head, shake my head. Gosh, this is not what a Christian woman should be like. My fear of her physical dirtiness or my perception of her physical dirtiness it prevented me from building a relationship with her for my entire life. When she would hug me, I would release, let go as soon as I could. I think a lot about Ma and her dirty kitchen and her grease-splattered, scarred hands every few years whenever today's gospel is read. Because it hits really close to home when I hear that the, the Pharisees were disgusted when they noticed the disciples were seriously lacking in some good table manners. 
And so it feels like the Pharisees, when they come looking for a Messiah, were just like this, this Baptist boy who so desperately wanted his grandmother to conform to the image that I had of what a godly grandmother looked like. Because when the Pharisees, when they come looking for a Messiah, they come looking at Jesus, looking to, to see what this man is all about, all they find is a guy who, who bumps elbows with dudes who don't triple wash their lettuce or use hand sanitizer before they eat their fast food. And I mean, I mean, let's let's get real. Maybe we are a little bit disgusted at Jesus and the disciples too. Like we're in the middle of a global pandemic where washing our hands saves our lives. And so it might be particularly troubling right now on this day to pray as we did in our prayer of the day to the God of unclean hands. Of course, in, in first century Palestine, they didn't have their germ theory yet, so they weren't, they weren't washing their hands necessarily to keep them from catching the flu. They were washing their hands and using extra bone on meat during their dishes because some of the really strict denominations within Judaism, like the Pharisees, had over the years begun to associate personal cleanliness with personal sin. And, and this was an extreme position within first century Judaism. This isn't what everyone believed. These were the fundamentalists. These were the Southern Baptists of Judaism. And because there actually is no law in the Old Testament that says you must scrub your hands before a common meal. There was, however, instruction for the priests before going into the altar in the tabernacle. In Exodus 30, the Lord said to Moses, you shall also make a basin of bronze with it stand, with it stand of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it with which Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their And then there were, of course, verses, general verses, like Psalm 51, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And so what the super religious leaders like the Pharisees did was they, they take these very specific rules around temple worship and apply them to every aspect of daily life. Like, no longer was animal sacrifice the main form of offering to God, but even just a common meal was a sacrifice. And so every time you sit down to eat, the thinking was you're, you're offering a sacrifice to God, and therefore you must be totally free of sin before you eat. Which means the Pharisees, they were, they were literally instructing everybody to try and scrub out all their sins all day, every day. And in doing so, they were equating physical purity with moral purity. That in order to be in God's presence, you had to be pure and free from sin. So the, the Pharisees, they weren't worried about spreading germs, they were worried about spreading sin, they weren't worried about dying from the flu, they were worried that God would strike them dead because, I don't know, they just lied to their wife or yelled at their kid or stole some money from the offering plate and they could just clean up enough, maybe God wouldn't notice what was really going on. They were trying to save face in the face of the Almighty. 
And so, like, in the wake of this session of scrubbing out sin, here comes Jesus, who says, He is the Son of the Almighty, the bread that has come down from heaven, the Messiah, the Chosen One, and He's eating with folks who, in their eyes, are just dripping with sin. Because Jesus held around with fishermen and shepherds, with sex workers and manual laborers, who they hadn't gotten the memo that the dirt under their fingernails wasn't just dirt. They hadn't gotten the memo that they were so full of sin that they couldn't even eat without scrubbing it out. And that if they just cleaned their house more, just put their fingernails, or just took a shower every day, that then and only then would God look upon them and shower God's blessings upon them. Thank God they didn't get that memoir. I can just see the Pharisees clutching their pearls and reaching for wet wipes as they as they watch the disciples just chow down without a care in the world. Like your food is full of sin. And if that weren't bad enough, then Jesus comes along and says that all of us are filthy. And that there's not enough ivory soap and hand sanitizer in the world to cleanse us from our sin. Jesus says that our, our sin doesn't come from the dirt under our fingernails, but from the junk that builds up in our hearts. But it's the mud in our eyes and the garbage in our hearts that keep us separated from God and from each other, not how many times we shower and eat. Just a very joyful message to, to be reminded that it's our sin, our But it's not because Jesus isn't saying we have to be spotless from our sin to be in the presence of God. He's saying that our sin is the thing that keeps us focused on the wrong things. It's actually our sin that makes us think that we can hide who we really are behind facades of manicured hands and shiny kitchen floors and perfectly cut lawns. This is us that we can put lipstick on our face and call it good. It's our sin that convinces us that when we see somebody else who hasn't been able to clean up just like we have, that they're unworthy of God and unworthy of our time and love and care. But y'all, we, we pray to the God of unclean hands. And Jesus says that we cannot put lipstick on our hands. That we can't, can't hide who we are behind a good haircut, and that when we see somebody with a bad haircut, that they are no different than us. You know, that, that good news, it just breaks my heart because I, I think that if I had just heard this good news sooner, I might have been able to see my grandmother as a beautiful child of God that she was, rather than just seeing her dirty dishes and stained clothes and smokers cough. Like if I just knew that the dirt under our fingernails has nothing to do with who we really are, I could have let go of my judgment just enough to see that her dishes were dirty because she was depressed. 
Swift alone. And because she worked crazy long hours running a restaurant, she just didn't have the time or energy to save things. And then if I could have just stepped away from my perception that she was a bad example of a good Christian woman and that cleanliness does not equal godliness, I could have held on to her hugs for just a little bit longer or sat and listened to her laugh, telling her stories just a bit more, even if the room still filled up with cigarettes. Because when we think that cleanliness does indeed make godliness, we miss out on all the ways that God is dying to meet us in the faces of the people who don't clean up. And more than that, we miss out on the, the particular form of grace that can only come to us from a grandmother or a friend or a neighbor who loves us and needs us so desperately that they will open the door for us even if they haven't sucked away the cobwebs or washed their dishes. Because if, if we wait until we're all cleaned up to open our door, we may never open it at all. But the good news of today's gospel isn't just that other people don't have to hide their dirt, but that we don't either. Because if our outsides have nothing to do with our insides, <laughs> if our outsides have nothing to do with our insides, then even when all I want to do is clean my house, I just can't do it. And because if our outsides have nothing to do with our insides, then the really good news, I found a place. <laughs> the really good news. <laughs> if our outsides have nothing to do with our insides, then the really good news is that we can stop comparing our insides to somebody else's outsides. Because like, I can't tell you how many times I've been struggling and then I see that my neighbor's grass is cut or their car is all waxed and shiny. And then I, and then I sink deeper into this despair that I am uniquely unqualified to be an adult. <laughs> but then I think that those, and because of that, then I think that the solution to my problems is that all I have to do is clean up and mow my lawn and everything will be okay. When I do that, my heart gets walled off. My heart gets walled off from others, from God, and from myself. Because it turns out that when I try and compare my insides to somebody else's outsides, it's just a, a vicious cycle of saving face and hiding behind facades that I'm afraid to crumble at any minute. And, Y'all, that is exhausting. 
There's no grace in that. But you know where there is grace? It's grace for me every time one of you invites me to your house and the dishes aren't washed and your clothes are piled on your bed. It's grace to me when you show up at church and your eyes are so bloodshot and grimy. But it's also grace when I am so tired that even when all I want to do is clean up my house and save face, I just can't do it. It's grace when I am so bone-tired, I can't try and save face because it's in those moments of desperation that I learn and that we learn that we don't have to save face at all. That we have a God with unclean hands who will take all of our unclean bodies into her arms and whisper peace. Let us pray. Wonderfully messy God of unclean hands, we thank you for the dirt under your fingernails because it teaches us to love the dirt under our own. Draw us near to each other even when we are afraid that we forgot to put on deodorant brush our teeth. Draw us ever deeper into the dirt of this world where you live and reign, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org and click on Give.